What up, though? This is Kurt Steele, and welcome to the new and improved Die Hard Dan podcast. And as always, I'm with my man, Shawnee J. What's happening, good people? Hey, there you are. All right, my man, Shawnee J. Hey, well, I want everyone to know that it is Autism Awareness Month, and you can see my shirt. I'm representing my son, Autism Awareness Style, Lion Style, right here on the Die Hard Dan podcast. So if you know someone that is affected by autism, be it a, a, a family member, a, a parent, a, somebody at school, at work, or someone who has an autistic child or a family member, please just be aware of what autism is and how it affects them and their family. But right now, it is time to really say hello to my man, Shawnee J. Hey, we've been on hiatus. So, um, and for a, a different reason, and I want Shiny J to share what's been going on with him himself. So let the people know what's been going on with you the last few days, Shiny J. Well, as you know, this coronavirus is affecting um, millions of people all around the world. And last Sunday, it affected me personally as I lost my auntie to the coronavirus. You know, she was daddy 10 young age of 59 years old. Um, she probably about two weeks ago, she was doing fine. Um, she was in the hospital. She posted some pictures of herself in the hospital. But the doctor said she was getting better. She was optimistic she was coming home. Right. Unfortunately, the, the virus claimed her life on this past Sunday. It was so suddenly, so tragic, so sad. May she rest in heaven. And I pray for her daughter and grandson. They do do what I'll be there if they need me any type of way. So... I'd like to dedicate tonight's show to my aunt. And please, people, excuse me, out here, pray for my dad. He's the, he broke his hip. Um, he's scheduled for surgery tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's in good spirits. But, you know, at his age, you know, I don't take anything lightly. So I ask for your prayers. I'm going through some stuff, but God is good. And I know I'll get through this. All right. Amen. We're praying for you here. Hey, when we talk to you here on the Die Hard Dan podcast about the coronavirus, you know, I know it seems like lip service, but we want you to be safe. You know, wear a mask out there. I know that, you know, I'm here in North Carolina, but Sean's there in Detroit. And Detroit is becoming uh, one of, another epicenter for the coronavirus because of the number of people that in the metro Detroit area that is affected by the virus. So please be safe out there. Wear a mask when you go out. Wear gloves. Please, please be safe. We want everyone to go home safe. And if you don't have to go out, please stay at home, people. Please stay at home. You don't have to go out. When you do go out, please wear some protective gear. And don't be a knucklehead and take your gloves off and just drop them on the street or in the parking lot or whatever if you're going somewhere wearing gloves. You know, get a little bag, tie them up, put them in a bag, throw them in the trash. You know, just be considerate of, of your other human beings. This um, pandemic is going to be around for longer than what you know what people thought it was going to be at first but we'll get through it together uh we're one big lions family we're one big human family and you know if we take care of ourselves and take care of each other you know social distancing making sure you're staying six feet away from individuals when you're out in public is going to help go a long way and you know i get off my soapbox here but i'm so sorry to hear about your aunt my man you know, that is definitely a, a tragic news and we pray for you and your family 
ain't a father, you know, with the broken hip uh, right here. Uh, I have to die. I'll be a podcast, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. All right. So let's pick some spirits up. So right now it is time to tell me something good. So I just got a couple of things. You know, the Lions have really stepped up. Um, looking at the Lions website, they have uh, teamed up their player initiative. You know, they have that uh, social justice platform the players do and the uh, Inspire Change platform for the players initiative teamed up with the empowerment plan to uh, make some uh, protective gear, masks and gowns uh, for the local hospitals in Detroit to protect those uh, hospital workers that are on the front lines fighting the coronavirus. You know, there is a lack of protective gear for those individuals and the Lions and with their Inspire Change program has teamed up with the Empowerment Plan. And what the Empowerment Plan does is they're a nonprofit and they employ uh, individuals that are homeless or need a, a hand up and they uh, sew. And like, if you have saw some of the videos from the Lions website, they make those coats in the winter that's pretty much a sleeping bag and a coat together. And they're going to get together with those individuals and sew and make uh, protective uh, gear for the hospital workers in Metro Detroit. And one more thing is Trey Flowers is doing a fundraiser competition against, um, what's my man's name here? Uh, excuse me, I got uh, Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling of the Green Bay Packers. What they're doing is that they're they're doing a fundraiser competition, and what Trey Flowers is doing, hey, he he's doing a memorabilia. So if you give a certain amount, um, if you give what to say here, if you give if you give a uh, fifty dollars or more, you get a chance to win a pair of autographed gloves. A hundred dollars or more, you get a pair of autographed cleats, and two hundred fifty dollars or more you have a chance to win the autographed jersey. So um, all if you if you donate those amounts, you, you get entered for a raffle for one of those things. Or you get some autographed gloves, autographed cleats, or autographed jersey. And his goal is to raise $10,000 by the end of the month. So big shout out to my man, Trey Flowers, doing big things out there with his um, fundraiser competition with... Uh, that is scaling of the Vikings. And if you want to go out to the website, it is happiness to others.org. So happiness to gather.org. So it's two, um, excuse me, it's two others, happiness to others. So it's happiness, the number two others.org. Okay. So, Hey, big shout out to those guys. They're doing some big things. You know, we're using no root for the Packers, and we're not rooting for them this time, but it's a big shout-out to Feld uh, S. Gantling and our man Trey Flowers doing that to help and what they're doing it for and what Trey Flowers, he's raising money for uh, local uh, nonprofits that help feed the young, uh, the young children in Detroit that are affected by COVID-19 because you know some of those kids aren't getting the meals because they're not going to school, and that's the only meal that they really get during this day is the breakfast unless they get from schools. And you know that those budgets are drying up. Kids have been out of school for a while, 
and they're not receiving the substance that they need to continue in the day. So big shout out to my man, um, Trey Flowers. And, and, and like I said, that is Scantling. Hey, good job, my man, you know. But they ain't going to come over to the season. When we start playing football, on this one. Yeah. You, you get the pass on this one. When that football season starts, you know, whatever is whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's try. Let's let's get into some Lions news, my man. Some personnel moves. We're going to talk about it right quick, see what you, what you think about it. So one former Packer is now a Lion. Geronimo Allison came over from the Lions. I mean, she came over to the Lions from the Packers. What do you think about the Lions signing Geronimo Allison to a you know a one year contract? Well, he has the tools. He has good size, good speed, decent hands, but he can really put together. Green mm-hmm. Bay waited for him, waited for him to have that breakout season. He never did. They they got impatient. You know, it is nothing wrong. That's what NFL stands for. Right. So we signed him. It's worth the risk. The bonus contract. And like I said, when we sign him, hopefully, um, get that breakout season with us. And <laughs> you know, our former Lions tend to come back and haunt us. Well, let's hope this former Packer on still for two games. Right. And if you look at his numbers, um, he had a career number, a career year in uh, receptions last year. We had uh, 55 targets and 34 receptions, but his yardage wasn't, wasn't as great. His best years was 2016, 2017, as far as production-wise. Hopefully, we can get that guy in Detroit um, as well. We want um, production. I think he's going to push Marvin Jones for that fourth wide receiver position. He's got, like I say, he's got good hands. He's got good speed. I don't know, man. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. You know, he's one of the best out there right now. But I will say this. If he doesn't like you, he doesn't trust you, right away, he's not going to throw you the ball as often as, you know, um, as, you know, most quarterbacks will. He won't come back to you. So I, I really think that maybe he lost trust with Aaron Rodgers, and that's where they kind of moved off on, where Aaron Rodgers wasn't looking for him. Because you look at it, he had 55 targets and only 35 catches. That's not a really – I mean, that's a decent catch percentage, but it's not great. You know what I'm saying? So how many of those, know, are, you know, he has some drops. Pass or drop or yeah. pass, you don't know. Yeah, we got, you know, um, let me see here if I see if we got drop from him. Um, uh, his catch percentage was 61.8% last season. Um, no, nah, I didn't have any drop from him. Um, but I'll say this. Eh, man, you know what I'm saying? I, uh, we haven't had a really good luck with former Packers in the Lions. You know, the last one was Mike Daniels, and you know what happened with that guy. I mean, TJ Lane. And TJ Lane. I mean, they come over, they hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, eh, I really ain't really buying it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Like, eh, yeah, you know. It's by the time they use something old by the time they come here. Yeah, like Lang and Daniels. Yeah, but this guy, he's pretty young. I mean, Allison's only 26. So, I mean, he had the chance to revitalize his career with Matthew Stafford in the offense and uh, Darrell Bevel. And we'll see if he can uh, improve. You know, I mean, I will say this. 
he's always been a good, you know, third or fourth option in offense. You know, he's not a one or two. You know, you got to look at the person that he played with. You know, when he was in Green Bay, you know, he played with Randall Cobb and, you know, Devontae Adams. He didn't have a lot of balls coming his way. And I'm wondering why last season, why he didn't move, really move up in the rotation because of the fact that Cobb was gone. So that should have been, should have been the next man up, you know, in that rotation. Coming, you know, coming well, out. Like I said, I said his breakthrough would come this year with the Lions. Yeah. That's all I, I mean, yeah, that's all, I, that's all I can look for, man. I mean, I, I, I don't want, I ain't trying to get down on him, but, you know, hopefully he can, uh, he can break whatever he needs to uh, break out and, and come and perform well. Because I mean, we're tired. We, I mean, we're tired of mediocre pass catchers in Detroit. You know, ask Eric Ebron. You know, we. <laughs> I mean, we're you know the Detroit fans are running out of town, um, real fast. You know, what I'm saying you dropping passes. So um, the other guy that we haven't talked about yet this off season is Daryl Roberts coming over from the Jets. Uh, he's a little older guy. He's 29 years old for a corner. He's six foot. 180 pounds, so he got decent size to him. Um, predominantly, you know, special teams guy. Now he did get some starts uh, last season with the Jets, so interested interested to see. Now, one thing, he is not really officially a former Packer. Now he did play Patriot. in the preseason with the Patriots um, in 2016, but. It really wasn't like he he wasn't a like a regular season member, so he got cut during right. training camp. So he, like he wasn't like a re, you know a full fledged Patriot. He had ties to the Patriots, but you know he really wasn't a, you know a Patriot. You know like yeah, he's got like three career interceptions. Um, you know he doesn't uh, pass defense. Yeah, let me see what he got. Past defense, he's got 27 since 2016. So he's only got like three interceptions and 27 pass defense in his three, uh, four years in the league. Darius Slade has over a hundred and <laughs> over 103 pass defense, you know, since 2000. I mean, like he'll get 27 in half a season, you know what I'm saying? You know, 27 yeah. is a really good, I mean, a year for. Slay. I mean, I know Slay's not here anymore, but that's something you can compare it to where you have Slay that has 27 in a season and he's only got 27 in a in his whole career. So, I mean, I don't know if he's a number one. We're not bringing him in to be a number one corner out of, you know. I, right now, that falls on Desmond Trufant, but I wonder what the um, if it's a depth signing, which probably most likely it is. Uh, maybe being there to kind of push uh, D version and Michael Ford for those uh, special teams positions, and maybe that um, that uh, dime uh, back. So we'll see uh, how that works out. Because um, uh, I think uh, uh, Rory um, is either going to be that second corner, or he's going to be um, the third corner. Um, right now, well, I, I won't say that. I would say Aurorier might be the second corner and Justin Coleman will probably play the nickel. Um, then we have some versatile players in the secondary right now. If you look at uh, what's going on in the secondary, 
And um, we just got to look at what's going on with um, with the offense, man. I mean, excuse me, with the defensive backfield. What are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Daryl Roberts coming over? Well, I, you know, when he was signed, I kind of sarcastically posed to the group, well, I guess we'll be drafting a cooler now. So, yeah. um, like you say, you went over him pretty good. Um, he's not a great pick. He's uh, his decent speed. You know, mm-hmm. He's been burned quite a bit in his life, but in his career, I should say, Jets. But they say part of that might be due to the Jets. Poor pass rush, like the same thing here. We need a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if the Lions saw this guy. They saw something they like. Actually, like I think they can work with them mm-hmm. and hopefully get the best out of them with the official backs coach. Mm-hmm. Um, if they if they test what they see in the training camp and the preseason games, hopefully there will be a training camp in preseason games. Mm-hmm. Um, they might pass on the Kuda and draft, like I said, Simmons or maybe Chase Simmons there. All depends. I don't know. He's, well, I hope the Lions get a chance to see what they sign. I don't know. Just, they can't work on one out yet. That's the band hasn't been left. To, you know, there's mm-hmm. only one guy at a time. But you know, yeah, you want to see a team uh, like seven on seven drills or something. You know, so right. we don't know. We have to at least <laughs> work them out. Right. So I don't think I don't think they started in the beginning, but maybe he was cheap. Maybe they feel like he can defend their system. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, man. You know, it's just like you got him at the bargain basement sale. He was, you know, he was a blue light special. You know, he can come over and maybe fill a little role. Um, he's a veteran presence in the locker room. He's familiar with the system from Patricia from his days in New England. So maybe that's why they brought him over. Yeah. You think they still might draft Sakuda? I believe so, man. I, I really think so. You know, I, I really think that. He is, um, he's a transformational, like he has that same measurables as a Gilmore, uh, Stefan Gilmore, who was the reigning uh, defensive player of the year. I mean, he's got good ball skills. I mean, my man, he, he can ball. I mean, he got clean footwork. I, I don't see a, you know, he's, he's a transformational player. I, people, people really gonna say, well, you can't change it. You can't change it at the team at cornerback. Actually, you can. Because of the fact that if you look at the problems that we had on um, defense with the defensive line, you really need some strong man-on-man cover corners out there on the edges. And we have one in Trufant, but we don't have a good second one. Uh, I think Aurier was he was building into that, but I don't think he has the raw talent at corner that Akuda does. I'm just saying. Well, speaking of ticket, you know, you know who I compare him to all the time. Talking about drafting a guy too high, mm-hmm. you're going to draft a corner that has got to be the next Deion. I keep saying that, I know, but you got to be next Deion Sanders. <laughs> he really transformed the game. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't think a corner has came out in the draft that's been, I don't think it's been that fast since the, you know what I'm saying, since Deion. I mean, he has a good cover skills. I mean, that's the one thing I will say. Akuda has to, Probably the coverage skills of, of a Dion, but he doesn't have the uh, flat out, you know, can fly speed of a Dion Sunday. And that's a rare talent. Um, there's not a lot of individuals that play in the league, I mean, ever that had that type of speed as a Dion Sunday. Probably Daryl Green, 
Um, oh, yeah. You know, there's very few individuals, you know, Tyreek Hill, you know, but for our defensive backs, I will say Daryl Green is the closest as far as cutout speed as um, Deion Sanders. But uh, Daryl Green wasn't quite as an electric player. And he didn't have as many roles on the field. I mean, primetime, Deion primetime let you know, you know, what was going on. He was flashy. I mean, he was a punt returner. I mean, so he, and then he played offense. I mean, and listen to him. He said he played offense because he got tired of not getting any work on defense because teams wouldn't throw at him. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, yes, well, I guess I'm going to play offense because of the fact that, you know, they ain't going to throw at me. So I guess I'll go over and play defense. You know what I'm saying? So um, yes. I, I can understand that. I mean, hey, you know, my man, he's he's doing his thing. Um let me ask you this. Um, What's up? Akuda, at least he's getting his Charles Woodson, the former Wolverine. I think he is. I think he is. I, I will give him that. I think he's around that. That Charles Woodson, the Stephon Gilmore, maybe a, you know, Daryl Revis type of player where, you know, they, you know, good coverage skills, decent top speed. So I think he has that type of, that type of uh, generational talent where he can come in and really be a lockdown corner in the NFL. I believe he has that skill set. Um, so okay. um, let's talk about a couple of things, man. So really, um, looking at some reports, man, and, and I know we see it all the time, you know, these, you know, armchair GM, uh, excuse me, the, the armchair GMs out there. Well, the Lions should trade down and they should get um, – another first round draft pick or, you know, or they should get, you know, you know, pick up another fifth or sixth round or whatever it is. What are your thoughts about them dudes, you know, staying at three? Do you think Patricia and uh, Bob Quinn should really look at moving back in the draft and picking up an additional pick? Um, He's got to win now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the edict from the Ford family. You got to win now or get a your job, 2020. I, I personally, you know, I heard the scenarios about training down with the Saints and the Patriots and some other teams. Mm-hmm. But I personally, I want to be three. I want the best player. Right. I want, you know, be it Akuda, be it Chase Young, be it Isaiah Simmons. I don't want those guys. Mm-hmm. I take quality over quantity at this point. Mm-hmm. So if I was the last, I would stand back at third pick. You got some picks already when you trade away um, Slay. Mm-hmm. So if you if you trade a third pick away from Royce picks, you're gonna have every rookie's not gonna make the team anyway. Right. So I will keep the third pick overall and get the best player on the board, be it Young or Buddha or Simmons or Jonathan Taylor. You got the numbers. Production. <laughs> I know you and Taylor, man. You and that Wisconsin yeah. love affair, man. And if it ain't Taylor, it's both. It's big Bo Bench Wazo. You know, you, I know yes. you, you like them Wisconsin boys, man. Hey, well, um, maybe I should become a. Uh, but I'm still a Michigan Wolverine, but I love Wisconsin players for some reason. That's because <laughs> they can run. They, they play my style of football. Smash my big guys. Yeah. Now, Michigan's getting back to like, the Wolverines, you know, the big running backs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rich Rye really shrunk them down to, you know, 5'8, five, 5'8, eight, five, eight, five, Stevens running backs. Right. Uh-uh. Didn't right. get it done. Yeah. But like I said, I think the Lions should keep. Third overall pick, I personally, unless they just can gouge somebody. You get like mm-hmm. a Ricky Williams 
or or Herschel Walker trade for the third pick. <laughs> they could do something like that. Then maybe yeah. I could see more. Um, yeah, I'm with you right there, man. You know, I just it doesn't make sense for for me to have them guys move out of the third pick, man. I'm just like, eh, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, hey, stick with the third pick, get the best player available, and just get a guy who can ball out, who can just transform yes. the defense, make a difference, starter from day one. I mean, I know you can get those guys in the third or fourth round sometimes because a lot of your starters aren't your first round draft picks. I mean, just to be honest right. with you, you know, your, your roster is built in the middle rounds, but really hard to have a transformational talent outside of the first or second round. You just it's just really rare to find them. I mean Yes it is. I mean you just don't you just don't find them. Um so looking at that, do you think the Lions got better at free agency? I mean looking at some of the signings, I'm like, you know, with Collins and um Raglan, you know, um just looking at Big V, do you think the Lions are in a better position right now but like, um, compared to last season? I honestly think, they do. I honestly think so, yes. Um, they, you know, they should win smart shopping. They go, we all like the big names, the big free agent names, the man, the big money. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if they win shopping, get some good deals, like when they got Danny Shelton. Mm-hmm. And when they got um Allen's and a few other guys, Big V, the, the big tackle is the first race they signed. Right. I think they did some smart shopping. They didn't want to go after the big glamorous things. They they try to get some bang for their buck, and I, I think they did pretty good. Um, now like I said, it's all got translate on the field. That's the only thing you got to get down the field. Right. They won off season. They got pretty good. Uh oh. Now. Okay. Say it again now. You can't they got to do it on the field. Perform the field. Okay, perform on the field. All right. Um, is there anybody out there that you want the Lions to go get that's out there, still out there? Maybe Clowney, if David don't got Clowney, but he's, he's asking too much money. But every other team spent the majority of money. He's not what the money's looking for. So, yeah. I mean, Clowney's got, I mean, I think the, from what his agent was saying, what the reports are, is that he's willing to come off of that, you know, maybe come down some just because of the fact that, you know, he's not going to get that money right now. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it's just, you look at it. No change. It's no change. like nobody's going to pay that amount. If, you know, if you didn't get that in the first wave of free agency, he's not really going to get it. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So um, I think really his probably going to go back to, to Seattle on a one-year prove-it deal, maybe about 15 to 16 million, and probably try to get back up. You know, he only had like three sacks last year, so he didn't really, but he played coming off an injury as well. I mean, I don't say he played bad, but because uh, he, he did play very well. He was very disruptive, but I don't think he played to that where he wanted, you know, he's going to want a $20 million a year contract where you almost getting paid quarterback money. I just don't see that happening. Um, me neither. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, we'll see if that happens. I don't think he's going to come to Detroit because I think it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, best case scenario for the upcoming draft is Chase Young or Simmons. 
I know you're not a big Akuda guy. I mean, that's just on you. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we can get a good running back in the third, in the second or third round. I think I think J.K. Dobbins will be there. Um, actually, I think A.J. Dillon might be there. He might be a third that third uh, round draft pick. Because I just don't yeah, think like that, Dylan, yes, I do. that I want like Taylor. I do want Taylor. Uh-huh. If you can't get him, Dylan be a good a good running back too to get. Dobbins, well, I guess Dobbins. I don't be no, nah, I don't I'm not biased as well. I don't like him. But for high say buck I come on the Lions, let's go get him. Yeah. And if what if Dan Snyder pulls a Dan Snyder move and takes a Kuda, excuse me, takes um Tura, and you know, and Chase Summers, yeah, let's go chase. I think Chase, so, you, know, you know what? I don't think if you look at some of the stuff, man, I mean, we're looking at some of the reports. Um, there's some, there's some very, uh, worried general managers out there, excuse me, about his health. And they're saying that a couple of teams just, you know, flat out just, now, you know, he didn't pass his medical at the, the combine because he was still injured, but there's, there's some still skepticism about his, Health and his hip. Um, right. I, I just, I'm not a, I was never a fan of the Lions drafting two in the first place. Well, we need to draft uh, Stafford's replacement. Man, Stafford's like 31. But get off, get, yeah, get out of here with that crap. I don't want to hear nothing about drafting Stafford's replacement. I think we did the right thing by signing Chase Daniels, a good solid backup quarterback, because I don't think really. I think all they said, Sean King, that we've had a good, solid backup in Detroit. Uh, yeah. he, was, he was the last, you know, solid, you know, decent backup in Detroit that he could come in and win some games. But, um, yeah, um, I was never a big fan of the, the two-word talk in Detroit. It just doesn't make any sense. They would have to That's revamp. Amazing. They would have to revamp the whole offense. Um, this for, for tour. I mean, if you think about this, and people don't really think about this stuff, man. But I, I said this before in another pocket. You have to get used to a left-handed quarterback. That causes a lot of disruption from a court from a receiver standpoint because there's a different spin to the ball. It's released different. It's just a different way. Um, that a left-handed quarterback throws the ball for a receiver to have to get used to. Um, there's a story I'll tell you. Jerry Rice is one of my favorite all-time favorite NFL players, and he uh, told a story on his uh, football life about how he had to work with a equipment manager who was left-handed when Joe Montana went to Kansas City. And Steve Young took over the team, who was a left-handed quarterback himself. So he had to work extra hours just to, I mean, he would just work after practice and have the guy just throw him pass after passes after passes to get used to catching a ball from a left-handed quarterback, a player, because the spin is so different. And you look at the skill set, you know, coming from that kind of um, spread offense, you know, and down in Alabama, you know, they don't, you know, they're not a pro style. They're a mixed style offense. But when it, when Tua was playing, he played a more of a, of a spread style, a spread, uh, excuse me, a spread style offense. 
Daryl Bevel is running a definitely old school pro set, run the ball, play action type of passing game where, you know, yeah, we can spread you out, but it's not going to be a whole bunch of, uh, you know, shotgun, this, shotgun, that. It's going to be just a mixture. So I don't really think that two really fits into Daryl Bevel's system that well. I mean, can you win right now as a rookie quarterback? Nah, not right now. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, uh, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. Not, not in Detroit. I don't think Tool was ever a good fit. I don't think ever, I don't think Tool was ever an option for, for Bob Quinn and those guys. I don't think they really looked at him, um, even at Inkling to come to Detroit. I mean, they were like, Hey, you know, what they did do and what they probably still are doing is like, if somebody wants to come up and grab Tua, they may trade back and say, okay, hey, oh, you want Tua? Okay, you, you well, you better give us, like Miami, if Miami was going to come up and take Tua, Miami's got, what, two or three first-round draft picks? Hey, okay, you give us this, we'll give you this pick, you give us one another pick you got in the first round. So, I just, but I don't, I don't see, I didn't, I never saw Tua coming to be great, man. I just didn't think it was a good fit. I mean, get out of here with that. Um, so, looking at the uh, the current study for the Lions, man, um, what is what is you as a fan? What is your um, feeling about the team right now? Do you feel promised going into what you know? But if you come to the, a regular season, you know, like it's supposed to on time, what is you? What is your feeling right now before the draft about the Lions' chances of being playing better? This season compared to last season. Well, like I said, we're getting the healthy Matthew Stafford back. He's rejuvenated. Um, like I said, both Scarborough and Terry Allen are good back. The thing is, they can't stay healthy. So I want a good running back, either Taylor, Tommy's, or Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like the, the face of signings. Mm-hmm. I think the office line be improved. I think I said before. One of the reasons they like Graham Glasgow, a good guard, to get off mm-hmm. his line and walk, because they, I think they, they got counsel in both, um, bench class. So, you know, they talked about both, for real, no. Yeah, I got they, you, man. I'll you. <laughs> Patricia said he liked the way Bo was making progress. Yeah. And, um, practice last year. You he saw that too. Yeah, I did. So that's that. probably part of the reason. Yeah. It's part of the reason they let him walk. So I think if Bo can play like, you know, the best offensive line like the thing, college run block especially, and, and Big V, he's the one that's And, you know, the right side of the line should be good. Show some holes for the running backs. And also, mm-hmm. check Stafford. I like a chance to skin, but everything got to fall in place, obviously. But I like a chance. I, I'm optimistic every year. I'm always optimistic. But I yeah. like a chance to see. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, um, do I think it really got better, better? Yeah. I, I think you're looking about the same. This is me. I, I I don't have a lot of confidence in the stuff they did. Just because of the fact that the players that let go and the players that came in. I mean, Graham Glasgow left. Both Prince Carlos came in, you know, or, or will step up. Um, you know, you maybe got that one uh, guy, we, uh, guy we got from San Francisco. Uh, that's going to be Yeah, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, Kennard left. Thomas comes Jimmy in. Yes. 
that's kind of parallel. Um, Darius say leaves. Two font comes in. That's a little dip. That's just a little dip for me. The production, that's a production dip for me. For me, that's just a production dip. I just think that, you know, I think you took a little, I won't say it's a major step back at the cornerback position, but it's a, it's a dip. We'll see how that, you know, I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking, I'm talking, I'm talking pre-draft. I think we're maybe looking, um, the key will be if we can keep Stafford healthy. The Stafford is healthy. Yes. Um, but I will say this, mm, we still even lost some games with Stafford. It was the defense. The defense was horrible, man. Ooh, 31st. And that's Matt Patricia's calling card. I mean, you're a defensive coach. You were a defensive coordinator. How is your defense terrible? I mean, that makes me sick, man. That makes me sick, man. You're 31st ranked overall defense, and you are a defensive guru. It makes me wonder if it was him or Belichick. This made me wonder because they're saying yeah. that even though he drew up a lot of stuff, he didn't call the plays. That Belichick still called the plays on defense. So, I mean, I don't know, my man. You know, we'll see. I, I mean, it, it's, you know, do I think they're trash? No. Do I think if they played better, it, it will be better? A little bit. Do I think they will have the same record? Then they have last year. God, I hope not. You know, they'll be gone for sure. Christian and them Queen. Man, they're man. The fans with the fans will probably drive up with you hard trucks to their house <laughs> if they with boxes and everything. We'll help you pack the guy out of town. Um, yes. Now I will say this: looking at the what's going on in the situation right now, um. With the COVID-19, I don't see a scenario where football really starts coming. I just don't see it. Um, I think it's going to be, they may play all 16 games, but something's going to be shortened. So either it be shortened training camp, um, shortened uh, off-season, or the off-season programs are, are, are going to happen, I don't believe. Just to be honest with you, I, I don't see anything happening happening before July. I just don't see it. I don't think that the the CDC or the uh, World Health Organization or anything like that is going to be um, approving any type of large gathering of that size uh, anytime soon. So I don't think that the NFL will be starting any type of serious off-season training program anytime in the near future where they're going to be able to get these guys into shape um, that they need to be going into the season. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, reading the report from Dr. Alan Seals, who is the chief medical officer uh, from the NFL, he said he has concerns about there's not enough testing uh, and one in particular is pair of point testing where you can hit, take a test and get it back real quick so you can know if you need to be quarantined or get medical treatment if you have the COVID-19 virus. That test is not available right now in the U.S. And 
he said that testing will be needed so you can test, you know, everyone on the team, all the workers for the team, workers at the facility, all your coaching staff, all your um, equipment staff, all your players, all that stuff has to be in account before you can open the facility up for players. Because, you know, look at Allen Park, you know, all your executives, you know, are housed there. You know, all your business manager, your ad people, your, what do you call that, the social media people, all the people who take care of the, you know, the ins and out of the Detroit Lions in a day-to-day process, those guys work in Allen Park. And if you can't test all those individuals to make sure that they aren't, um, don't have COVID-19 or you can't open it up without fear of spreading it, how are you going to do that? And how are you going to have a full uh, off-season program with that being, you know, with that being, with the state of the COVID-19 being what it is right now? So what do you think that will happen with the NFL season? Do you think it'll be shortened or do you think it'll be just like it's supposed to be business as usual? I think, well, the way things are going, I question would it be a season at all? Mm-hmm. I'm like, say, you know, there's still we're out season workouts. Right. All the other leagues cancel, like the NBA, NHL. There's no time for off season workouts. Um, get these guys in shape, playing shape. Um, it's different this year. That's the question. The best, I might see a shorter season, like a eight game season or something uh-huh. like that. But, um, like I said, you know, nobody's worried about college or pro. And I wondered, you know, will, will you play games at the arenas, empty stadiums like the bigger background before it looked like that for the games? I didn't feel empty. There's maybe a few fans, a handful of fans, a scattering of fans. All the games we show on television play in the empty stadium, basically. These right. are questions. These are, all, these are all real possibilities. Right. We just don't know. we got to see by June. What happens? We stand by June with this whole coronavirus and COVID-19. Right. So, like I said, I question if the season is in jeopardy, both college and pro. And like I told you, I was kidding on the, in the group chat I had yesterday. Man, you can, you can take away your NBA, take away your NHL, no golf, no tennis, no boxing, uh-huh. no rugby, no problems. Please, let's be football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, football is a global phenomenon. I mean, that is the biggest sport in the U.S., um, hands down. Um, it is the biggest moneymaker uh, of any sport globally right now. Um, as far as the NFL, I mean, you look at the games over in London and they have them in Europe, all those stadiums are always packed. And the fans, you know, just want to come and get a glimpse uh, of the NFL. So American football is, is the sport, you know, and the NFL yes. is the ticket right now. So um, mm-hmm. looking at that, um, I think that, you know, is I agree with you 100%, it's going to be a shortened season. I, I see a maybe at the most maybe 12 games. I think at the least probably um, – Eight to ten, um, it's just going to be a process. And another thing that the um, the Dr. Seals, the, the chief medical officer, he has a concern about being uh, having more injuries because of the, if they have to have condensed 
off-season program, you know, because they're not going to have as much time to get in shape and be cleared medically to, you know, to play where you're going to have some guys, they're not getting enough work, so their body is going to be uh, susceptible to more injuries because of the fact they're going to have some shortened training camp, you know, or off-season program. So that's a concern as well. You know, we talk, we always talk about with the new off-season, they don't play as much, you know, in the off-season, they don't hit as much, they don't wear pads as much. That's maybe an issue again coming up with the off-season program if they're condensed with a shortened season because of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, we're in a different time right now. I just don't see uh, it going the way it used to be. Um, I mean, let's look at coming around two weeks. We got the NFL draft, and it's going to be a fantasy draft pretty much. I mean, you guys are going to be sitting at home. I mean, they're not allowed to to be in, a, in the team facilities. The coach and the GM have to draft from their home, um, you know, and they have to do it via conference call or Zoom uh, conference call. And a lot of teams are worried about the security of that, you know, people tapping into their, you know, phone lines and their computer lines. They're worried about getting hacked by the team. Yeah, or fans. <laughs> like, for the first two-round pick, the Cincinnati Bengals pick some punter on Southwest Arizona Communication Summer. <laughs> <laughs> that was too funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, then we could kick some ideas. The Bingos, get a Bingo stuff punter from some community college for the first two rocks. <laughs> yeah, man, that'd be crazy. Man. I mean, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to work, man. You know, because are they going to have cameras in the, in the houses of these individuals? You know what I'm saying? Because, because here's the thing is that um what the, I think the league was supposed to do is like send out these draft kits for um the potential draft uh picks. So like cameras and like some kind of like a press kit so they can like reach out to the media, you know, fast like so they can get out to the uh when they make the, the draft selection, you know, they have these cameras yes. in their house set up and Hey, okay, hey, I'm here with uh, Joe Burrow, and you know he can Skype with the league like right, like like that. So it's gonna be interesting. This year's draft's gonna be interesting. Sure. It's gonna be very interesting, man. Like I say, it's just like gonna be like people with their snake draft with their buddies, you know, sitting around, <laughs> you know, you know, on Skype or whatever, you know, drafting with their homies, uh, <laughs> the the draft. So. I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Um, all right, my man. So before we go ahead and, and, and close out the show, we always like to do what we like to do is my man, Stop the Shine, our resident Lions history buff. I got some I got some good ones again for you this week. So buckle up, buttercup, because here they come. All right, my man, you ready? All right. So first question. Excuse me. This, who is the fifth overall pick of the Lions in a 1988 draft that was killed after the 91 season when a semi truck trailer ran him off the highway and struck him while he was working in the front yard? I know, that was a great guy. Now, you, Eric Anderson. Oh, yeah, Eric Anderson. That's right. Okay. He's a fifth round pick. 
he was starting this starting guard. Uh-huh. And he, you know, ironically, the you know the year before Ace Seven him and Chris Spillman got into a fight on Ohio State play LSU, but they became good friends and teammates. So it's not ironically. Okay. Eric All right. So who led the Lions in receiving yards for the nineteen eighty five season? Uh-huh. I'm going to go with Leonard Thompson. Leonard Thompson is correct. Wow. Okay, Sean is on fire this week. All right, yep. Leonard Thompson led the team in the 84-85 season, catching a total of 773 yards and 84 and 736 yards and 85. All right. So what? When did the Detroit Lions play their first Thanksgiving game, and you have to give me the date as well. So, uh, you know I know what month it is, so I need the date, the day, and the year. Wow. I give you the, the month, November. Uh-huh. I give you the year, 1934. Uh-huh. But as far as the day, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, 1934. <laughs> Thanksgiving, 1934. How's that? Nah, I need, I need that date. So it's November 29th. November 29th. 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 So you missed that one. So you, so you, you down one. You down one. All right. So. How many times did Barry Sanders? Excuse me. Light. Listen, the light in this room hurt off a minute. Sorry. A second, it just right back. Oh boy. Hold on. We're starting to take a different place, ladies and gentlemen. We are not back. Okay. There we go. All right. So, how many times in his career did Barry Sanders? Go for more than a hundred yards receiving. Oh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. How many yards receiving games? How many, how many yards receiving games is that? Yep. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to go. I don't think he had a hundred yards receiving game. Oh. Yep. He had two. He had close. He had uh, 135 receiving yards versus Kansas City in 1990. And 102 yards received against Tampa Bay in 97. Oh, all right. All okay. right. Yeah, he was so a known receiver. You two wouldn't down right now. All right. So, who led the Lions in tackles in the 2005 season? The Lions in tackles in the 2005 season. That was 15 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. think, I'm trying to think that team was on the team. Um, hmm. I'm going to go Dre Blight. Dre by now, it was Kanoe Henry. Led the team with 98 oh. tackles in 2005. So, Sean, you went two for five today and stomped the Sean. We stomped the Sean today, people. We stomped the Sean today. <laughs> All right. Those questions, y'all. <laughs> Good question. Hey, we, and, and they give Sean the answer to stomp the Sean. All right, so. Now it's time for us to go ahead and get them out of here. Someone, man, Shotty J. Tell me how they can find you on social media. You can find me at Sharon James on Facebook. As I always say, I'm the head administrator of Ryan's Fish Fan page. I'm happy to add you. All right. So, for the show, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash diehardbeingpodcast. And if you're watching this video on Facebook, 
Hit the like button down below. Hit the share. You know what I'm saying? Hit the like, hit the share. Share with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, you are our YouTube podcast on YouTube, excuse me, YouTube, and hit the share button, the notification button, so you know when you get fresh content from me and my man, Sean J. All right, so for the show, you definitely can find us um, at Twitter, at DieHardDamPosse1. On Instagram is at Die underscore hard underscore damn underscore podcast. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CurtisDeal14 uh, for both platforms. Ray, we appreciate you coming on to uh, here and watching this video or listening to the podcast if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. We're on all the platforms you can find your favorite podcast, Spotify. We really thank you for tuning in and listening to our content. Um, so we really want to thank you. Thank everyone for really just coming out, out to you, my man, Johnny J, to you and your family. Um, and please, everyone, we really want you to really be sick all of them. Just really be safe and take your time and sanitize your hands, wash your hands, wear a mask, wear gloves. Just be safe. Uh, it is serious out there. COVID-19 is not a joke. It's not a game. It's not a political uh, ploy. Um, it's not a, uh, what's the conspiracy? Oh, it's about the 5G network. <laughs> no, it is a real virus that's killing real people. Um, and um, we know and we have a, a personal testament of a person who has lost someone right here on this show to this uh, pandemic. And I know my man Sean wants everyone out here to be safe so they don't have to go through what he and his family are going through right like now. Oh, what happens to people are already making these love friends? So, first, you know, be, so be safe out there. Be safe. All right. So, for my man, Johnny J. This is Kurt Steele of Our Out. Peace.